I don't think there's any advantage to having something complex. I think we need to break it down as simple as possible because when whatever you're trying to do is simple, you're more likely to do it because you're going to say, oh, I could do that. That's simple. And then you do step one, step two, step three, step four. And for your listeners, what I want to give them a challenge, what in their life or in their job can they make simpler for their staff, for their coworkers, whatever, because when you not dumb it down, but when you make it simpler, more people are going to get more in line and you're all going to be on the same train heading in the right direction. Welcome to the HR L&D podcast with your host, Nick Day. Tune in to discover what it takes to truly develop within human resources as we delve deep into growth, engagement, and leadership strategies that can unlock the hidden potential within your business, which we hope will really empower your workforce towards fantastic organizational success. Hey, so welcome back to the HR L&D podcast. Before we get started, remember, if you like what you hear, please, please, please like, review and subscribe to this podcast and share the love too if you have any other HR or L&D professionals who you think may, of course, enjoy the content. Today, I'm bringing to you an interview that took place between myself and Mark Struczewski, who is a speaker also known as Mr. Productivity. He is a productivity expert and online trainer that works with executives to help them gain control of their time by taming distractions so they can experience less overwhelm, feel a sense of freedom and enjoy their lives just that little bit more. His productivity theme podcast, the Mark Struczewski podcast, has over 400 episodes with a brand new episode released seven days a week. In his time with us today, he will share strategies for how to be more productive in our very distracted world. With productivity and engagement currently placed at the heart of HR and L&D strategies, I think this is an episode you're going to enjoy. Finally, as you hopefully already know by now, my name is Nick Day and I'm founder of JGA Recruitment, a specialist HR recruiter and host, of course, of this HR L&D podcast. So if you do have an HR or an L&D related vacancy that needs some specialist attention, please do get in touch with me. I would love to help. My email is nick at jgarecruitment.com or of course, you can call any of my very experienced team on 01727-800-377. Right, back to the podcast. If you want to be more productive in our very distracted world, well, then you're going to enjoy this podcast. In fact, you're going to relish it. So enjoy the interview. So welcome, Mark Struczewski, to the HR L&D podcast. Absolute pleasure to have you on board today for this recording. For those that aren't familiar, Mark Struteski is known as Mr. Productivity, and he works with executives to help them gain control of their time, something I think we can all agree we could do with a little bit more of in our lives. Now, Mark is a speaker. He's host of his very own podcast called the Mark Struteski Podcast, and he's also an online trainer, so very relevant there to our L&D listeners today. His strategies have guided CEOs, HR directors, executive directors, and business owners to gain more control of their time. So I'm absolutely delighted to have him with us today. Welcome, Mark, to the show. Nick, it is absolutely a sincere pleasure to be on your show and to offer value to both you and your audience. Fantastic. It's going to be something that I think my audience are going to want to probably listen to over and over again because we're all a little bit strained for time in the world of human resources. But before we get into the nitty gritty, I want to take things right back to the start. L&D Podcast Discovery, questions to set the scene. I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about your journey and more importantly, how exactly you got into the world of productivity. <laughs> well, Nick, it all started when I was fired uh, back in July of 2005. And I saw it coming, but when it did, no one likes to get fired. No one says, geez, I hope I get fired today. At least you shouldn't, because if you do, that's not normal. But when I was fired, I decided, what am I going to do next? And I said, I know I will be an entrepreneur. So the first thing I decided to dive into was wedding and portrait photography. Now, I really didn't want to be a photographer. I just wanted the cool gear. I'm just going to let that out there. But as I was growing my business, now keep in mind, we're talking back in 2005, which means Facebook was still a baby. Twitter was still a baby. There was no Instagram, Snapchat. None of this stuff existed. And I wanted to figure out how I can promote my business unlike anyone else is doing it. And, and at the time, I had a friend of mine who was a professional speaker. I said, I, I had lunch with her and I said, 
I'd like to promote my business by being a speaker. Could you help me with that? And she did. And the first time I spoke, my wife was in the audience. And she's, oh, you shouldn't be a speaker. You should be, you shouldn't be a photographer. You should be a speaker because you have, you're a really good communicator. So then I said, hmm, that's very interesting. So I started investing in coaches and, and trying to help me you know, hone my message. I didn't want to be a speaker of photography. So I was trying to create other messages. I came up with a couple of them. One was from hopeless to hopeful. I, to this day, Nick, I don't know what the, I came up with that. Don't know have any idea what that means. Then I came up with how to be successful, how to, how to overcome roadblocks in your path to success. Note to self, if you're not successful, don't tell people how to be successful. So I was on a phone call with one of my coaches and I was you know, having a down day. I was just, I was blue. And he said, what's going on? I said, well, you know, I really like helping people. I like speaking. I like, you know, training and all that stuff. And I don't know what my message is going to be. He goes, well, why don't you talk about productivity? I'm like, okay, I don't know where that came from, but why would I talk about productivity? He says, because you're so productive. You are naturally productive. And I said to him, I said, well, isn't everybody? And he started laughing and said, no, most people are not productive. And so that my firing and my stumbling and bumbling in the entrepreneur world actually got me into the world of productivity. Well, great story. And actually, for those not familiar, it's uh, you have spoken as well at a couple of uh, HR specific events, particularly for the Society of Human Resources Management events. Um, and you've also been involved in learning and development then uh, since 2011. I think you've been involved in that space. You've obviously developed your own course, which I'm going to highlight a little bit later on in the podcast as well. But when it comes to HR and L&D, what are the biggest distractions that, are, that you've seen that I guess are effective for activity? <laughs> well, there's five of them that I have labeled. Now, this is not an inclusive list. There are certainly many more, but, and then these are also in no particular order. So we have email, social media, people, the other human beings walking around this planet of ours. We have entertainment and we have our own mindset. So those are the five biggest distractions that I see people have to deal with every day that are getting in their way of being productive human beings. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I can certainly associate myself with all of those five for sure. But productivity is, I mean, it's a really big umbrella, right? So are you focused more on distractions or are you focused more on productivity or do you see them both as one and the same thing? All of the above. <laughs> but I really focus, <laughs> I really focus on distractions because as I have honed my message, I've realized that distractions are what truly is keeping us from getting our work done. When we're working on a project, we're writing a manuscript, we're writing a draft, we're writing a report, and our phone is going ding or vibration, or people are walking in their office, or you know they're jackhammering the, the parking lot or the street outside. These are preventing us from focusing on what we need to focus on. So instead of, yes, I talk about every element of productivity, but let's face it, if we we're going to talk about everything I know about productivity and how to be more productive, this would be a very long podcast. So what I decide to do as I speak and on my podcast, I try to focus on the distractions because in this day and age, Nick, we are struggling with so many things pulling our attention uh, throughout the day, throughout the week. And as a result of that, we're really not getting done what we need to get done. Sure. I mean, I've, I've started using my app on my phone. It tells me just how much time I've spent on certain sites. And uh, when you actually get the analysis back at the end of the week, it, it's, it's actually gut-wrenchingly sad to have a look at it and go, my God, I've spent that much time on some of those sites. And you know, I've got my kids around, I've got things that actually, if you ask me where I'd rather be spending my time, it would be doing much more uh, heartfelt things than losing my life to Facebook, LinkedIn, and other sites. So I'm definitely one of the people that's a slave to it. And even even recording these podcasts, right? it's it's one of those only times I have to shut off all distractions. I tell my kids to stay inside, turn my phone off, turn off my email, and focus on just one thing. And it's very rare. One of the things I think I, I enjoy these podcasts is that little bit of moment you get to yourself just to talk to one individual knowing you're not going to get distracted. Uh, so I could absolutely um, yeah, get a feel for some of those things you're talking about there. And I noticed as well that you have also developed a basics of productivity course. I know this is something that walks us all through how we can improve our productivity step by step. Uh, I, I believe it's an online course that HR and L&D professionals can access themselves um, from your site directly. And I'll make sure I include a link to that in the episode notes. But I wonder if you could give us a quick overview of why you developed the course and, and basically what the course is all about. Now, that's kind of funny what you just said, Nick. Did you catch yourself? You said, basically, tell us what the basics of productivity course is all about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the listener picked up on that, but I certainly did. Well, I wanted to create a course that, because I, let's be honest, I, I run into a lot of people who 
they want to be more productive. They have the best of intentions, but they don't know what to do. And so they become overwhelmed. Do I do this? Do I do that? I don't know where to start. And when they be, when you become overwhelmed, when anyone becomes overwhelmed, we get frustrated, we get angry and we quit. So I said, how can I create a solution to people that would give them something that they can go through on their own? It's a, a two hour video course, just a shy under two hours that walks you through simple concepts of productivity. I believe in the incredible power, Nick, of simplicity. I think so many people out there have great products, but they're so complex. And I believe complexity is the gateway to procrastination. We need to make things simple. So if I give you one simple thing to do and you do it, now you have momentum on your side. So when I created the course, I said, okay, what are some of the simple, simple things that people can do that will get them moving in the right direction? Because once that, I don't know if your listeners remember this, but steam locomotives, you know, when they first start, they're going really slow, but they're moving. And a lot of people I run into, they're not even moving. They're, they're in the same place because maybe they've tried other things that didn't work, or maybe they were given bad information. And so they're just saying, okay, I'm just going to stay right here and I'm just going to like relax. And that's not going to get you towards your goals. And so the whole desire behind the course was to give people simple ideas and strategies that can help them become more productive one little step at a time. Sure. I love that. So, I mean, I know that's one of the biggest inhibitors to people getting started on a project or a new business or venture, whatever it might be, is, is the, the sum of all the parts together seems you know, somewhat overwhelming. So I guess what you're saying there is your course and yourself and your, and your skills and your ability to teach productivity is don't always look at everything as, as one whole piece. You can break it down into smaller chunks and, and you know, simplify what it is you're looking to achieve into smaller goals. Would that be correct or am I slightly misaligned there? No, you're you're running the ball. Let's take let's say we go out to dinner. Okay. You don't take the whole plate of food and just like shove it down your throat. You you take a bite of this, you take a bite of this, you take a sip of that. And and, and I think people are unnecessarily making things more complex. I don't think complexity is the answer. I'm a huge Apple fan, and I remember a story a number of years ago. I read an article somewhere where this missionary was in some third world country and he had an iPad and one of the young children from the tribe who'd never seen anything with technology walked over, picked up the iPad and started using it because it's simple to use. Yes, there's more advanced stuff you can use, but I think we need as a society worldwide, we need to get back to something that is concept of simplicity. I don't think there's any advantage to having something complex. I think we need to break it down as simple as possible because when whatever you're trying to do is simple, you're more likely to do it because you're going to say, oh, I could do that. That's simple. And then you do step one, step two, step three, step four. And for your listeners, what I want to give them a challenge, what in their life or in their job can they make simpler? for their staff, for their coworkers, whatever, because when you not dumb it down, but when you make it simpler, more people are going to get more in line and you're all going to be on the same train headed in the right direction. I love that. It's throwing up a couple of questions I'm going to bring into the mix here. And one is something I've definitely fallen foul of, but that is, uh, do you think sometimes businesses or products make things deliberately complex in order to find value. And I say that because I had a previous CRM within our recruitment firm here, and I was definitely sold by all the bells and whistles this CRM offered. But actually, when it came to using it, it was far too overcomplex that we actually couldn't get the value out of all the different bells and whistles they're offering because it was just too much for my team to get used to. And then a couple of years ago, we got rid of the whole system and we were, I was resold to by the complete opposite, by a software that basically had very little bells and whistles but was incredibly simple to use. And I found our team was you know, much more product, productive as a result. But do you think that companies use complexity to find value in what they're trying to sell? That's a very interesting question. When you started asking the question, I, I, I thought of Snapchat. Snapchat is probably the most complicated social media platform out there. Most people pick it up and they go, 
what do I do? Or Instagram, oh, that's pretty simple. Click here, take a picture here, take a story here, make a movie here. And so I think that's one of the reasons why Snapchat never grew is they made it complex. I, when I used to be working in the corporate world, they would bring in software where, which is interesting to me, Nick, is they never asked the people who are going to use the software day in and day out. They had the C-suite people and the IT people talk to the salespeople for the program and the software. And they go, oh, yes, golly gee, we like it. And then they implement it. And us on the front lines are like, uh, what was first of all, what was wrong with the one we just had? Second of all, and they never gave me an answer to that one, by the way. They never answered that question. Like, it worked. Why change it? Because that was blue and this is green? I, I don't have no idea. But then we would get real frustrated and it would affect our productivity because now we're like, Okay, so instead of doing three steps on the old software, now I have to do seven steps on the new. So how is this better? And then it goes back to what I said before. The complexity led to frustration, led to anger, and led to overwhelm. And then we started saying, this is so stupid. And then we spent more time gossiping and complaining than doing the work. And, and so I, I don't see where anyone would, could come to me and says, you know what, Mark, you're wrong. Complexity is so much better than simplicity. No one has ever, ever uh, convinced me of that, ever. No, I, love I feel like you're speaking to me directly here without knowing it, Mark, with some of the decisions I've made. I'm someone that's definitely been sold to with feature benefit, feature benefit, feature benefit. And I completely forget that actually every time they add a feature, it gets a little bit more complex and a little bit less user-friendly. Uh, and actually, even in the world of recruitment, you know, there are so many automated tools, in, impressive email type tools and so on. But you can't escape that actually just picking up the telephone and making a simple phone call to a client or a candidate can't really be replaced by any kind of fancy email software because actually human connections and the simplicity of that, you know, that conversation just can't be replicated. So uh, I love that response. But I'll, just on, on the flip side, I have two things that came to mind. The second is, do you think people make things overly complex for themselves in order to get out of going for a certain goal? You know, if you look at something, go, I, I want to do my own business, but I can't as an example, because I have to do X, Y, and Z, and I've got all of this to do, and I just simply can't do it. And it's it's kind of an easy way out. Do you, do you find that people use distractions to their advantage in that way? Yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> because what will happen is you'll get a new software, you'll get a new app, you'll get a new whatever, and you're like, oh, this is really complicated. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go take all this training and webinars and teachings and all sorts of stuff. And so you're not working on what you should be working on. You're working on this real complex software and you're starting to feel good about yourself. Man, I'm going to master this. Meanwhile, nothing's getting done over here, but you feel really confident about the software. And I think we can use it as an excuse. We can go, well, if I get the most, not that anyone's ever done this before, but if I get the most complex, most co most complicated, most expensive software, I'm going to be set for life. When no, that's maybe not true because there's a there's a CRM in in this. Uh, I don't. It's worldwide, obviously, but I'm not going to mention it. But it's got some names that have confusion in it. And, and I've heard from people who use it. They only started using the CRM because it came how they recommended it. It's uber, um, uber productive. It's really good. Unfortunately, it's very complicated to know how to use. The one I use is really simple. I like simplicity because I think these are all tools, Nick. These are tools that should help us get our job done. But if it's becoming more of a distraction, if it's becoming more of a thorn in our side, then we're going to start not using the software anymore or we're going to start using very a lot of the basic features instead of the more advanced features because we get frustrated and i i think that again i can't think of any situation where having something complex unnecessarily complex is a good thing now don't get me wrong i'm not saying that if you're an engineer you say well just build a bridge i'm not saying that i'm I'm saying that when you're talking to your employees, when you're talking to your coworkers, colleagues, whatever the case may be, you need to say, okay, let's make this as simple as we can. I'm not saying that complexity is not going to enter the equation, but you got to get rid of as much complexity as possible because the more simple you make it, the more people are going to buy in and actually use it. Less is more. But listen, I've got one question that I personally would love to know the answer to. It's certainly something that inhibits my time and owns me much more than I would ever like to admit. And that's email. Now, I would love to know how, you know, can we be the boss of, of our own email instead of letting it be the boss of me? Yes, <laughs> that's the short answer. Here's, here's some of the things you have to do. Number one, 
for the goodness sake, turn off notifications, not only for email, but for social media. Number two, don't live in your email. So what I suggest people to do is I'm going to say something that's going to really shock some people, but you're not that important. I'm not that important. Okay. So here's the thing. If it's really important, Nick, they're going to call you. Okay. I think you and I would agree on that. So here's the thing. Maybe you get to work. You spend 15 minutes checking your email and then you get out of the email program. You do the rest of your work. And then maybe at lunchtime you check in. And then maybe before you go home, you check in. I have never gotten an email that was urgent because people call me if it's urgent. And that's the second thing. The third thing is I tell people is look at the email you're getting in. I don't get that much email. I really don't. I, I don't sign up for email newsletters. I'll take that back. I sign up for two of them. I'm really protective of my email inbox. And one of the ways I do it is I don't have a generic email. A lot of people go out and get like info at their domain name. Now, all the spammers know info at sales at president at CEO at that. Or if your first name is Nick, Nick at that's what they do. Mine is unusual. So mine's my nickname at my website. And I don't get a lot of spam email. I probably get maybe 20 spam emails a week. I'm really aggressive on my email inbox. I Because here's the thing. If your inbox gets out of hand, then you're going to miss the important messages. And so I'm very militaristic. Now, I'm really big on LinkedIn. And one of the things that really annoys me, so if any of the listeners out there are doing this, don't do it anymore. It's illegal. Is because you connect with me, that does not give you permission to add me to your email list. It's against the terms of services for LinkedIn and your email service provider. And it's against the, the laws in Europe and America and Canada and everywhere else in the world. You can't just add someone to your list because you have your email list. Uh, your, you have their email address. And here's the thing. If you do that, Nick, I'm never going to buy from you ever because you have violated my trust. And so that's how you take control of your email. You, If you close your email program, it's not going to turn back on Nick. It's not going to log in and say, hey, Nick, 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 hey, I'm here. Come check me. It's not going to do that. So you just get out of your email program, turn off notifications, and then realize that nothing is that critical in your email. If it is, I hope these people who are emailing you these urgent messages are bright enough to pick up the phone and call you. Because if my house is on fire, Nick, I don't want my neighbor to send me an email. Okay. I don't, I want them to call the fire department and come over and knock on my door. That's what I want them to do. Well, I think reducing notifications is the first change I'll be making here because I've got those switched on. I get them all the time. It, it is a distraction. It's a definite distraction. I'll be doing something productive. I'll get a notification. As you say, can be answered later, but I'll immediately go, well, I'll, it'll only take me two seconds. I'll do it now. But I guess those two seconds add up over the course of the day and suddenly I'm still doing the task I started in the morning. Um, so really good, really good advice. Now, I have one other thing about your notifications. Turn off turn off vibration mode because what people do, they say, I mute my phone. I put the phone face down. And what happens when your phone's muted, you have vibration mode on and you get a call, a text message or notification. What does your phone do, Nick? Yeah, it vibrates. My, <laughs> but curiosity is even worse as yeah. well. So you're, you're desperate to look at it if you know something's there. Exactly. So anything, anything. And if this was a video podcast, I would have, I, no, not a video podcast. If this is an article, I would have it bolded, highlighted, arrows pointing to it with blinking on and off. Any distraction causes you to stop what you're doing, to lose focus. So you could sit there and go, oh, the vibration doesn't bother me. I'm telling you, you're, you already, you might as well read the message, Nick, because you've already had your distraction get interrupted. So it doesn't matter. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't matter because you, once that sound, someone knocks on your door, the dog across the street barks, a, a big truck comes lumbering down your street. As soon as anything distracts you, you've lost your focus. So you might as well answer the phone at that point. Sure. No, I totally agree. Well, listen, we've got a lot more to get through. I'm, I'm really keen to, just after these next few questions, we're going to find out a bit more about yourself. We're going to find out about how we can uh, tame the beast known as social media. And, and we're going to find out how we can uh, you know, improve our productivity no end in the second part of this podcast. Before we do, we're going to find out a little bit more about yourself, Mark. Time to find out more about you. 
first things first, how do you, someone who is obviously known as Mr. Productivity, I'm really keen to know the answer to this question, is what do you do to relax in your downtime? When you're not distracted. <laughs> well, I do get distracted. Even Mr. Productivity does get distracted. But in my downtime, I'm an avid runner. Uh, a quick story is we had Hurricane Harvey stop by back in 2017, the end of August 2017. And we got 51 inches of rain in like two or three days or some crazy thing like that. But during the storm, I read an article on runnersworld.com that said, what I learned for running one mile a day for 250 days in a row. I said, I can run a mile every day. And so on August 29, 2017, the day after the storm left, I committed to running every day. Now I run three miles a day, but I run, I run over 721 days in a row. And, and people say that's relaxing. Yes, it is relaxing because I just listen to an audio book or a podcast or music and I go out for 30, 35 minutes and I go running. So I love that. I'm an avid reader. Uh, there's a phrase, readers are leaders and leaders are readers. If you look at the high performers in the world, they're all avid readers. Bill Gates, uh, Barack Obama, Elon Musk, Brendan Burchard, Tony Robbins, they all read. And so I read a lot. I do watch, this is going to shock you, Nick. I do watch some television. Um, I don't watch it live. I don't, I watch the Super Bowl is the only thing I watch live. I watch TV. I do have some silly, stupid shows I watch. But I don't watch them unless I have a good day. So I think if you have a good day, a good productive day, and you want to, I don't know, play, what, Fortnite for an hour, I think it's okay. I think the problem is, is when you're doing these fun things and you're not doing your work. So I do watch TV. I do like to hang out with my dog. And, and you know, my wife comes home from work. We hang out together and stuff like that. So I work. My schedule mirrors her. So she works Sundays through Thursdays and I work Sunday through Thursdays and my hours when she goes to work, I go to work. So when she's home, I'm home because I work out of my home. So, I mean, it doesn't sound, you know, I don't go out in the beach and, you know, I don't, you know, this is what I do for relaxation. I, and so that's, I don't know if it's the answer I'm looking for, but that's what I do. Pretty similar to me, dude. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. I'm a, all the things you've mentioned, the kind of things I like to do myself. So uh, I totally get all of those things. I'm a keen run, a keen athlete myself. So um, no, I totally get it. I totally get it. And as you say, the best time to, to be productive for me when I'm running is I can do something else at the same time. I can learn from a podcast. I can listen to an audio book. Um, and it's amazing to be able to do two things at the same time. Um, so a yeah, big fan of that, big fan of that. Uh, for yourself, who are the two people who have been the most influential to you in your career that you can give a shout out to now? <laughs> um, number one would have to be Brendan Burchard. He's the guy who created uh, Experts Academy. He has actually been named by I think it was either Success Magazine or Oprah Magazine or both or Oprah both. I don't know as the number one leading trainer in the world. So I went through his Experts Academy. I highly recommend. I've never met him, uh, but he came from nothing and he's like huge now so there's then also another guy is grant cardone uh, now i don't like grant cardone i i have trouble with people because we this is the year 2019 and it's cool to use vulgarity everywhere i purposely have gone the opposite direction i purposely don't swear it has nothing to do with my religious beliefs it just has to do with the fact that i want to be countercultural, so everyone's dropping f-bombs and so i don't do that so i don't like his choice of language but his his books, The 10X Rule and Be Obsessed or Be Average, they're phenomenal books. So those two people, neither of whom I have met. Of course, I got to say Tony Robbins. Um, you know, Tony Robbins is probably the first motivational guru I already followed. I read The Waking the Giant within that, that tomb of a book like twice. Uh, phenomenal guy. So I think those three people have influenced my, uh, my life a lot. Fantastic. Great. I'm making notes of those. We'll have a good, good three solid shout outs there. If you could invite three people to a dinner party, who would they be and why? Uh, definitely Brendan Burchard. I don't know if I would invite Grant Cardone or someone else's uh, Gary Vaynerchuk because I don't like the potty mouth. Uh, I know Tony can 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 um, you know keep it under control, and I think the third one would probably be Oprah Winfrey. Uh, her story is amazing. Uh, those who don't know her story, is she was rejected countless times. You know, when she started getting the broadcasting, now she's like, I guess, the wealthiest woman in the world or one of the wealthiest women in the world. And she has overcome so much. If you look at every successful person, nobody was born a billionaire. They worked themselves uh, to that point. And I really enjoy following people who have overcome all odds, who overcome all the naysayers and all the rejections. 
Uh, Tim Ferriss is another gentleman. You know, his book, The 4-Hour Workweek, was rejected 37 times. Can you imagine those other 37 rejection people looking at his book now and go, oh, I think we messed up on that one. <laughs> yeah, love Tim Ferriss. Love a big, big avid uh, of Tim Ferriss myself. I've read the book, follow his podcast, great guy. And, uh, you know, there's, it's a bit of a cliched saying, but it, it's true. It's that the most successful people are those that have failed the most times. So it's, uh, you know, I like that. Uh, so listen, we're going to jump back into uh, part two. Have you ever asked yourself, how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. The LND Podcast, final questions to help listeners engage, learn, and perform. Five key questions are going to jump through and to, you know, let's, let's all not kid ourselves here. We're all really, really busy people. HR and LND professionals in particular are extremely busy, pushed to the limits by employees from left, right, and center. But at the same time, we all want to be more productive. So, look, Mark, with this in mind, is it really possible to be productive in such a busy and distracted world, particularly in the world of HR and learning and development. Hashtag no excuses. <laughs> you can be, <laughs> you like how I did that? Um, you can be as productive as you want to be. I don't want to hear excuses. Oh, I'm so busy. I, I don't want to hear that. I had an HR director who was a client of mine and she was not in a great environment because for reasons to this day, I don't understand, Nick. Her company decided, you know what? We should take the HR director and put her in a glass bowl. In other words, she put in an office that had glass all the way around. So people could see she was in her office and they'd come by and wave and tap on the glass. Why would you do that? I don't understand that. But one of the things I told her, because she told me that when you're an HR director, it's like having flaming arrows shot at you all throughout the day. And unlike most people, HR people don't can't really plan their day because somebody may have to get fired. Someone may lose a loved one, have to be consoled. And so they can't really plan those days. And she goes, you know, I'm so stressed. I don't know what I should do. And I said, well, you need to take what I call micro breaks. And she goes, what are those? And I explained to her, you need to get up from your office, leave your phone behind. You need to walk outside for three to four or five minutes, whatever the case may be. Don't talk to anyone. Don't think about anything. Don't plan the rest of your day. And just close your eyes and do some deep breaths. And of course, she's an HR director and she goes, I don't have time for that. I'm like, okay, you just told me that you're stressed, you're overwhelmed, you're frustrated. Why don't you try it? She goes, all right, I'll try it. And so she did it. And our next coaching call, she came back to me. She go, I said, how'd it go? And she goes, oh my goodness, I cannot believe what a difference a three or four minute micro break made because she actually went out, she told her executive assistant, don't tell anybody where I'm going. She would go out, I guess, the back of the building where you know, nobody goes out. And she just went out there and she was quiet for three to four minutes. And she did some deep breaths and she just closed her eyes and didn't think about anything. And she goes, that gave me so much energy. She goes, it's very addicting, these micro breaks. And everybody has time to take a micro break. But here's the key, Nick. When you take a micro break, A, get away from your work area. You need to physically get up and walk away. I highly recommend, unless it's torrential downpour or thunder and lightning, go outside. Don't talk to anybody. Don't be on your phone. Don't be surfing Instagram or Facebook. Close your eyes and do some deep breaths. Three to four minutes total. And that's three to four minutes after you get outside. It's going to um, change your energy level. It's going to make you more productive. And I again, hashtag no excuses. If you're on the 90th floor of a high rise, Take the elevator. Okay. I don't want to hear excuses. This works for every single person I've told it to and have actually fell, fell, fell through and did it. Great. Well, I've made notes myself. Micro brace will be added to my uh, my day. How often would you suggest? I'm actually asking for myself right now because I think I can uh, synergize with that HR director a lot. So, you know, how, how, how frequent would you take a micro break? Is it just every time you feel stressed? Is it every five minutes on the hour? You know, what's, what's uh, in your experience, what's the, the, the ideal formula? It's really simple, Nick. You ready for this? Go for it. Okay. 
whenever you need it. So if you come back, if you take a break at 10 o'clock and you're working on something and you're frustrated, like you're pushing a rope at 10, 15, go take another one. We're not talking taking two, three hour breaks. We're talking three or four minutes. And if you work out of your home, the walk outside is probably what, 10 seconds. You can do that. And you may need to take three or four micro breaks in the morning and not have to take any of the rest of the day. But when you start feeling that sense of frustration, that sense of anger, that sense of this sucks. That's your sign to stop and get up and walk outside and take a micro break. Now, some say, well, what if I'm on a call? Well, if you're on a call and you're on a, a wireless headset, go outside. Now, you're still going to be on the call, but at least you're getting away from the work area. If you're doing a podcast interview, Nick, don't don't leave right now and take a micro break, okay? <laughs> I appreciate that. But there's sometimes, like if you're a surgeon and you're in the middle of brain surgery, you don't want to walk out of the operating room and take a break. You know, there's certain things you don't want to do. But for most of us mere mortals, when you feel frustrated, you need to get away from the area you're working on. That's the thing. Most people think they just push the chair back, and close their eyes. No, you need to actually get up and walk outside and be in a completely different environment and not talk to anybody. If you try it, if any of your listeners try it, I guarantee you, you're going to have some renewed vigor and energy for the rest of, for I don't know, for the rest of the day, because you may have a very stressful job. You may take micro breaks once every 90 minutes or once every hour. You need to do it because it's going to dramatically improve your productivity and your mindset. Great. Well, listen, I challenge all those listeners out there now. If, you, uh, if you're listening to this like I am and you're making notes and you're going to start introducing micro breaks to your daily routine, which I'm definitely going to be doing, please do drop me a message. Drop me an email through. Let me know how you found the micro breaks. I'll, you know, let me know if they're working for you. And if you're, you know, if you're feeling better and more energized as a result, and I'll make sure I feed that back to Mark. So uh, I've certainly taken notes. And I would love to hear from anybody saying, you know what, Nick, I tried it, but man, it may be less productive. I'd like to hear that too. <laughs> Oh, yeah, sure, for sure. So look, this leads me to question number two here, which is, you know, the beast that, that controls so many of us now, and it didn't even exist 10, 15 minute years ago, but it exists today. And that's the, you know, the beast known as social media. What can we do to tame it going forward? Again, turn off notifications. Every notification you get will be in the app when you open it. So that's a big one. Turn off notifications. Number two. Um. Who are you following and why? A lot of people just start following people and their feed is full of nonsense. You know, don't collect followers and likes and views. Just create the feed that you want. If you look at my Instagram feed, 95% of the stuff you'll see there is going to be Disney World. I love Walt Disney World, Orlando, Florida. So I have designed most of my feed to be Disney World. You need to design your feeds to serve you. Now, we're not talking about you putting your stuff out there for your build brand building and building your business. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you personally consuming social media which leads me into step number three is set time limits for when you're on social media. So if you don't set time limits, you might be on there for a long time. So if you want to go on social media, you're going to take a 30 minute break on social media, set your timer on your phone. As far as I know, every phone in the world has a timer on there and get yourself a really annoying timer. Don't get something like, like angel wings fluttering, get something really annoying. And then go on social media for 15, 20, 30 minutes, how long you set it for. And when the timer goes off, immediately get out of social media. Or what you can do is what I do is I schedule time for social media. So I may have a podcast interview from you know 10.30 to 11.30, lunch from 11.30 to 12, oh, social media 12 to 12.30, 12.30, 1.30, another podcast interview. So I've got things at the beginning and the end. What you don't want to do is have, I'm going to go on social media and there's no limit there. There's nothing to stop you because that's what happens. People stay on there for a long time. There's nothing there to saying, okay, time to go back to work. So either set yourself a timer or schedule it between two other things because you're going to have those notifications turned on for those other calendar events. And so something comes up and says, hey, you got to go do this other thing now. Those two things will really help you tame the beast of social media. 
Great. Timer noted. I think that's the best action for me. So that's the uh, next piece of advice I'm taking on notifications switching off. So definitely going to give those t- two, uh, two pieces of advice uh, um, a go for, for myself here, Mark. Thanks for that. But what about dealing with humans? Humans are a part of our life, right? So if I've got colleagues distracting me all the time with questions, I've got human interaction happening in the office. You know, for me, I work in recruitment. It's a very human-centric business. Human resources is exactly the same. So what suggestions do you have for helping us deal with, with the human distractions in our lives? The biggest tip I can give for people is if someone comes to you and wants your time and you don't have your time, you don't have any time for them, don't let them in your world. What you do is you say, listen, Jane, um, I don't have time right now, but I do have 15 minutes to two o'clock this afternoon. Will that work for you? What a lot of people do is they're working on the project. Jane comes in and they'll say, got a minute? And you're like, not really. Yeah, sure, Jane. And so we become people pleasers. Well, first of all, you're still thinking about your project. You're half listening to Jane and you're getting frustrated because she interrupted you. It would be better to say, listen, I really don't have the bandwidth for you right now, but I want to help you. So can you come back later at 2.15? Now, what this does is now it's telling them, okay, number one, you heard heard them because you're repeating back what they need. Second of all, you're offering a solution. Now, if they say, no, I really, really need your help right now. I mean, I, I got to then take a second. Okay, okay, what is it? And they'll say, well, ABC. That can wait till 2.15 this afternoon. Because a lot of people, I once heard the saying, a lack of planning on your part does not necessitate emergency on my part. A lot of people will do really poor planning. And then they'll have to have an answer from you 15 minutes before the meeting. And they'll come in your office all in a panic. And you're like, Jane, when did you know about this? Oh, three weeks ago. Oh, so now you're coming to me. You knew this for three weeks ago. See, what happens is until we start retraining our coworkers, which could be above us or below us in terms of uh, seniority, in terms of authority, you need to say, listen, I I can't do it right now. I'm in the middle of doing something right now. Don't let people's lack of planning or their irresponsibility pull you away from something you need to work on. Because if you go help Jane and you bail Jane out, well, now you may be suffering on the project you're working on. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. I like that. And that's Definitely something, again, I fall foul of. I seem to be a great test case for you right now, Mark. I'll always think, you know, <laughs> it'll take me two minutes. I'll quickly do it. And then suddenly you get three or four inquiries and you've, you've lost half an hour before you even know it. And as you say, you know, your mind's distracted anyway. And you, you, you sometimes it's hard to switch back onto the project you were doing before. So, uh, okay, no, note to self, if my team were listening to this, expect me to give you some time slots the next time you try and grab me in the office. Uh, now, the two things that I've uh, picked out in terms of my research on, on uh, sort of your distraction, uh, handling distraction techniques, and one of those is, as a productivity expert, you actually say it's okay to watch TV and video games. You mentioned it a little bit earlier on. I just wonder if you could expand on, you know, it wasn't something I was expecting to see when it comes to, to productivity. <laughs> well, we were never put on this planet to work, 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 work. We weren't. We were designed to enjoy life and we were designed to work. And I think that If you are lazy all day, then no, you shouldn't go on Hulu or Netflix or watch TV or play video games. But if you put in a good productive day of work and you got a lot accomplished, or even you didn't get a lot accomplished, but you served a lot of people and you worked real hard, you should watch TV or play video games at night guilt-free. But I think a lot of people are making watching TV or playing video games non-negotiable regardless of how good of a day they had. And I'm like, no, earn the right to watch TV, earn the right to play video games. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with people who are just doing the minimal, minimally uh, less, what's the word I'm trying to say, minimal work possible during the day. And then they're like, well, I'm going to watch TV because I've got to watch TV. TV is the most important thing I had to do today. I'm like, really? I don't think so. I, I think I already follow that philosophy myself, but I wasn't te- rewarding myself with TV or video games. I reward myself with wine. I think if I had a good day, me and my wife will always sit down and have a good glass of wine. If it's been a pretty rubbish day, I don't quite feel like I can reward myself with it. So uh, maybe I'll take that into the the world of TV and video games as well. But uh, no, that, that makes that makes perfect sense. But the other distraction you mentioned is ourselves. And I'll not sure I fully follow this one, Mark. So I wonder if you could just explain what you mean by, you know, the fifth distraction in our lives often being, you know, Yours truly, myself or ourselves. How can we deal with us? We get in our way 
so many times, Nick. It's unbelievable when people come to me and they say, well, I got this problem and that problem. I'm like, uh, that's you. It's because we like to blame other people. And, and I think sometimes it goes back to what I said about the micro breaks and, and about pushing a rope. If you've got to get a project done and you're frustrated, you're overwhelmed and you're act, nothing's getting done. And you're like, well, I'm too proud. I've got to get this work done. Well, you're getting in your way because if you would have taken three, four minutes, to take that micro break, now you'd be more productive. But what you're doing is you're being stubborn and you're saying, ah, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm too good to break. I don't need to take a break. And your body's saying, oh, dude, we're not going to get this done if we are not going to take a micro break. Okay. So we get in our way. We get in our way. We make excuses. Like, I don't have time to read. Reading is stupid. Okay. Uh, Bill Gates, one of the richest men in the world, reads all the time. Uh, Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Elon Musk, they read all the time. Um, so you're better than they are? I mean, so people make a lot of excuses, and I think we justify, well, I can't do this because of thus and such. And I, I never known anyone, I've never read any biography, seen anyone on social media who is a very super high achiever that, that made their wealth, their success by making excuses. What they did is they figured out, okay, this didn't work. What do I need to do? What do I need to do to change, to get better? And most people will try to figure a way to get better. Some people just like to say, well, I can't, you know, like, can I play in the National Basketball Association? No. Okay. I'm not tall enough. I'm not skilled enough. So I'm not talking about that aspect, but can you build your brand? Can you have more free time? Can you have less overwhelm in your life? Yes. If you want it, you can have it. Fantastic. What a great way to uh, to finish off the main part of this podcast on the questions, Mark. Absolutely fantastic. And I hope my listeners are, are taking reams and notes and uh, and action points, really, that they can put into practice immediately on, on the end of, uh, of listening to this recording, because I think there are some things that you can immediately put into play. So listen, thank you ever so much for joining me for those questions. There's a couple of questions we're going to finish off in the L&D vault, if we may, and then we're going to open up to just uh, letting the listeners know a little bit more about where they can find more information about yourself. So before we get there, what is the uh, sort of one common myth, I guess, you often hear in the workplace uh, in relation to productivity that you could perhaps debunk for us right now uh, on the podcast? That I have to live in social media, that I have to live in email, that I, uh, that I am that important, that I have to know everything that's going on immediately. Now, perhaps some of your listeners remember before there was an internet, before there's email, and you can only watch, you can only find out what's happening in the world on the evening news or in the newspaper. Now, if something happens in uh, Cape Town, South Africa at 10 a.m., by 10.01, we better know what that is. And I think we need to realize, no, no, we survive just fine without knowing instantaneous what's going on around the world. And we need to get back to that. We need to say, you know, no, I'm not going to check into that stuff. We don't need to be an email. You're not going to get a billion dollar contract, or I guess you'd say a billion pounds in, in email. Yes, yeah, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah, okay. correct? You're not going to get that email. No one's going to email you saying, hey, if you respond in the next five minutes, unless it's someone from Nigeria, you're not going to get that email. So we just need to give ourselves grace and permission to say, listen, I don't have to live in email. I don't have to live in social media. It's going to be okay if I turn off my phone for an hour so I can focus on my project. It's okay. But the problem is we've become a society that we don't want to wait to the six o'clock news. We want to know the second it happens. So when that wreck happens on the freeway, within 30 seconds, we want a video. It's like, what's wrong with us? Opening the L and D vault. The last question before we close down. If there was just one piece, you could scale all this back, just one piece of productivity advice that you could give to someone working specifically in a hectic HR role right now, what would it be? Oh, my goodness. That is so challenging. I would probably go back to what I've been alluding to all along is complexity is the gateway to procrastination. So look at your calendar. Look at your to-do list. Look at your systems and your processes, the people you work with, the company you work for, and think about how can we make things simpler? Because when you make things simpler, you're still achieving the end goal. But when you make things simpler, more people are going to get on board, including you. So embrace 
simplicity, reject complexity. Fantastic. Listen, thank you ever so much, Mark. Can you tell our listeners a bit about if they want to connect with you online, where can they go? I know you've got your mrproductivity.com website, but what if you could just tell them a little bit more about some of your handles, some of the places they can visit to find out more about the services that you offer to help create confident leaders and, of course, re- remove that, uh, that distraction burden, if you like. Uh, where else can people find you to connect with you online? Well, I made it really easy for people. I've been in this game for a long time. So when you go to mrproductivity.com, which is Mr. All Spelled Out, you can find out about my coaching, my courses, my live training at the bottom of my homepage, all the social media links that I'm there. You can click on it, send me a message. I'm not big like Grant Cardone or Gary Vaynerchuk or Tony Robbins. So if you send me a DM, unless you're going to send me a multi-level marketing, you know, spam message, I'm going to reply to you. People are shocked when they send me a message and I reply back to them like, oh my God, reply back to me. I don't get billions of comments. So I do get those. And also you can find out about my Mark Stuchowski podcast, which is something I do every day now. Everything you need to know about me, Nick, everything literally is at mrproductivity.com, which Fair disclosure, it's just a redirect because nobody would be able to find markstucheski.com. So I went on, got the domain, mrproductivity.com, and you're welcome. Fantastic. I will, of course, put links to all of the different sites in the episode notes as well. So if you want to save a little bit of time, go straight to the episode notes and you can find all the different links there to his LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and of course, the uh, the podcast and the Productivity.com website as well. Of course, if you are an HR and professional listening to this podcast right now and you have an HR, HRIS or L&D related vacancy and you would love some specialist HR recruitment support, then please do get in touch with me. My name is Nick Day and my email address, of course, is nick at jgarecruitment.com. As, as for now, that's thank you ever so much for, for listening, folks. I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the HRD podcast real soon. I just want to say a huge thank you once again to uh, Mark Struczewski for, for joining us on this fantastic and very valuable HRD podcast. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for having me on your show. It's an absolute honor to be here. Thank you so much for tuning into HR LD podcast with your host, Nick Day of JGA HR Recruitment. If you need help with a current HR, payroll, or L&D vacancy, then please get in touch with Nick and his team. All contact details can be found in the episode notes. In the meantime, to make sure you never miss a future episode, please subscribe to the show through any of your favorite podcast channels. Till next time.